Well, we're right in the middle of May, and it's been about two months since we as a church have physically got together uh, at my, my elementary school, and I am missing you so much, just being able to interact with you face-to-face, and uh, I just can't wait for the day when we're all back together and um, just enjoying each other's presence. But until then, uh, we're, we're streaming and uh, waiting to see just just what will happen in the upcoming weeks and months. There's a lot of decisions that need to be made, isn't there, in our state and in our country. And maybe for some of us, we are kind of antsy, thinking, man, when are things going to open up again in a faster way? I know this past um, week, uh, this weekend, uh, they're starting to open up more businesses and stores and malls. And for some of us, we're, we're antsy. We want more things to open up. We think that uh, things should accelerate. Others of us, right, we're, we're, we're a lot more cautious. We're thinking, you know, we should, we're going too quick as a state and we need to slow things down. And another of, uh, of us just aren't sure. And we're just really glad that we're not in the position of lawmakers and government officials because we just wouldn't know um, what to do, or uh, we wouldn't want to face the scrutiny that, that many of them face. But there's just a lot of decisions that have to be made uh, within our state and within our country. And uh, maybe for some of us, right, we're experiencing uh, within our own workplace, waiting for our, our boss to make certain decisions about where we work. Maybe in our families, we're having to make decisions with certain relationships uh, right now with our families. For some of us who are in school, we're having to make decisions as, regarding the summer, regarding fall, where we're unsure about what will be open, what will be online. And so we're coming to some crucial decisions that are going to impact us in the upcoming months and, and, and even years. So we live in a, in a crazy time, as you know, where uh, the decisions made now will affect us deeply and for a, a long period of time. So what do we do in times of decision-making? This morning, we're in the book of Esther, and we're looking at a time of decision where Esther and Mordecai, Mordecai are living in difficult, tough times, and they come to a place of having to respond in the midst of tough times. And so we're going to be looking at what it looks like to respond in difficult times as the people of God. So let's dive right in. When Mordecai learned all that had been done, Mordecai tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city. And he cried out with a loud and bitter cry. He went up to the entrance of the king's gate, for no one was allowed to enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth. In every province, wherever the king's command and his decree reached, there was a great mourning among the Jews, with fasting and weeping and lamenting, and many of them lay in sackcloth and ashes. So what's going on here? So quickly to recap, so this is during the Persian Empire the greatest empire of that time. And Xerxes was the king. He was the most powerful person at this time. And he threw a great party, wanted to parade his wife around, his friends. His wife, Queen Vashti, didn't show up. And so he banished her and instead um, brought in women into his harem. Esther and Mordecai, two Jewish people, lived in the Persian empire at this time. Esther was an orphan, lost her parents at a young age. Mordecai, her older cousin took her in as his adopted daughter. And so Esther is chosen to be queen and is brought into the palace. Now Mordecai was by the king's gate and seemed to be a government official. And another government official, Haman, came
came by and Mordecai did not bow and give honor to Haman. Haman was angry and he wanted to take out his anger, not on Mordecai alone, but also on Mordecai's people, the Jews. So Haman um, influenced the king to make a law that at a specific time, the Jewish people would be annihilated along with Mordecai. So this was just a great time of trouble. And so in response to this possible annihilation of the Jewish people, that's where we're at in chapter 4. Mordecai responds with wearing sackcloth and ashes. The Jewish people weep and fast. And and these are pictures of turning humbly to God, recognizing that there is great pain and suffering and sorrow, and the only hope is in God. And so the first thing I want to encourage us in times of decision in our lives, that we turn to God humbly in prayer. Now, that sounds so simple, but I know for myself, it's so easy to forget that in the midst of difficult circumstances, to turn to God when making decisions in our lives. I mean, for some of us, we feel that maybe God won't, doesn't want to hear us, that God... Uh, is um, through with us. Maybe we feel like we're distant from God. We haven't loved them the way that we should. I want to encourage us, Esther and Mordecai were living during a time of, of compromise. They themselves compromised their faith, assimilating into the Persian culture, probably breaking some of God's commands in order to assimilate and hiding their identity as God's people. And yet God was faithful, faithful to his people. Maybe some of us just feel like we've been faithless to God and we're not sure if God is with us anymore. Good news that if you are a follower of Jesus, God never, never leaves you. We might feel like he's absent, but he's always present with us. There are times when I play with my my, my kids in a room and they get caught up playing with a toy and they turn their back to me and they forget that I'm in the room. I'm there, I'm watching them, I'm aware of what they're doing, but they forget that I'm there. When I make a noise, they turn around and they see me and they realize dad's in the room. Well, I never left them. They may not have remembered that I was there, but that doesn't mean that I wasn't. And so God is there with us. God is there in the room, even when we feel like we are alone. So what that means is we simply can turn to him humbly in prayer. Well, let's read on what happens. When Esther's young women and her eunuchs came and told her the queen was deeply distressed, she sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he might take off his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. So Esther hears about Mordecai, hears about what he's wearing, and she wants to fix the problem. So she sends him new clothes, a a, a new wardrobe. And we do that, don't we, at times, where we have a friend, a family member who's experiencing uh, just hardship, trouble, and we want to just fix the situation right away. And we probably end up doing more damage than, than good. You know, to use a Disney reference, uh, we try to be fix-it Felix to our friend and family member, but we end up being a wreck-it Ralph because we truly don't understand what the person is going through because we haven't taken the time uh, to hear them out, to understand what, what it is they're going through, to ask them clarifying questions and to probe into uh, their hearts. We just want to 
uh, just instantly dish out prescriptions and, and advice. And so Mordecai doesn't receive uh, the clothes. And that's a clue to Esther that there's a deeper problem. And the good thing is she probes to find out what that is. Let's read on. Then Esther called for Hatak and one of the king's eunuchs who had been appointed to attend her and, and ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn what this was and why it was. Hatak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city and in front of the king's gate. And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries for the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa for the destruction that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her and command her to go to the king to beg his favor and plead with them for on behalf of her people. And Hatach went and told Esther what Mordecai had said. So Esther finds out the real reason behind Mordecai's sorrow, right? The destruction of their people. And so um, here, here, here we see Mordecai is 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 getting Esther and enlisting her to help in this situation. You see. In, in this case of times of great decision, we are to, to include the people of God during times of response. Here we see um, Mordecai teaming up with Esther. And later on, Esther's going to call on all the Jewish people to fast alongside with her. That this is not an individual solo thing, but this is one of, of inviting God's people to join along and participate. So here's, here's the second thing when it comes to times of decision for us, is to invite, invite followers of Jesus to speak into our lives and to be praying for us, because we have so many blind spots. There are times that we don't see um, the bigger picture in our lives. There are times we, we don't see all of the motives that are swirling on in our hearts. There are times when we make decisions, we don't see the causes and effects to our decision making. And so God has given us the gift of the church community, the people of God, followers of Jesus, to, to speak into those blind spots in our lives. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that if you don't have a group of followers of Jesus that, that, that do that, uh, that play that role in your life, uh, to reach out to us uh, at info at harborhawaii.org. And we want to connect you with a, a community group where brothers and sisters in Jesus can speak encouragement and, and uh, help us with the blind spots that we have in our lives. So we, we ought to um, invite others uh, into our lives to give wisdom and speak into our lives. Now, other times, they'll give us bad advice. Of course, of course, because they're not Jesus. Uh, just like eating a, a, a chicken wing, right? You eat the meat, but you, you don't eat the bone. But, but that doesn't mean we should reject and, and miss out on the gift of the community of God's people in speaking wisdom into our lives. Well, let's read on. Then Esther spoke to Hathach and commanded him to go to Mordecai and say, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law to be put to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter, so that he may live. But as for me, I have not been called to come into the king these thirty days. 
and they told Mordecai what Esther had said. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And so Esther tells Mordecai, you know what? I haven't seen the king in 30 days. He's with other women. So Esther's thinking to herself that that she must not be in a favorable position to be able to approach the king without being put to death because you cannot just go and enter uh, the king's presence uninvited. And, you know, Mordecai's response isn't, well, you know, that's a little too risky, Esther. Uh, so, nah, no need go um, with, with, with that plan. He doesn't reply in that way. But he replies in just the famous uh, words, probably the most popular uh, part of Esther, that um, perhaps for Esther, uh, she was put as queen for such a time as this, that God raised her to, to be queen in order to save her people. So here's the thing I want us to see in, in this passage, that in times of decision, to remember and trust in God's promises. God's promises. Mordecai says something interesting. He says that if Esther were to remain silent, deliverance would come from another place. Mordecai was confident that God's people would be protected. Now, where can that confidence come from? I think it comes from knowing God's promises. That at the very beginning, when God called Abraham, to be uh, the father of many nations. When God called Abraham, and through Abraham came the Jewish people, God promised that through Abraham, the world would be blessed. And we know that to be blessed because of Jesus. Jesus would come from the line of Abraham. And so Mordecai knew that God's people would ultimately be cared for. They would not be completely wiped out because God promised that through Abraham, the world would be blessed. And so something that we can be encouraged and remember in times of of decisions is to remember and hold on to God's promises. Maybe we're making decisions with school or with work or in relationships, and we forget that God promises that if we lacked wisdom. In James chapter 1, God will give us wisdom in our time of need. God promises in Hebrews 13 that He will never leave us and that He will never forsake us. So in the midst of our decision-making, God is right there with us. Jesus reminds us in the Gospels that He cares for us just as He cares for, for nature, for the birds. God cares for His people. He cares for our daily needs. He's aware of them. And so what that means is that we can hold on to these promises as we pray humbly to God, as we seek the counsel from other followers of Jesus, and we can be comforted in the promises of God as we seek in making decisions in our lives. Well, let's go ahead and read on. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa, and hold a fast on my behalf, and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law, that if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. So here's the the last thing as we look at times of decision, is to step out and act, to respond. 
See, when, when Esther hears Mordecai's plan, she then responds in action. She calls the Jewish people to fast alongside with her, alongside her. And so fasting was, just one of the things with fasting is it's a way to say that more than food, more than drink, I need God. That these things are essential to life. God is the ultimate life sustainer and life giver. People in the Bible also fast when it comes to making decisions and asking and seeking God for his wisdom. So Esther now acts upon the information that she's given. In times of decision, we need to step out by the power of the Spirit and act. You know, there's a famous saying that that goes around in Christian circles that we ought to just let go and let God. And in one sense, that's a good thing, right? We are to let go of of, uh, you know, thinking that we're in control and remember that God is in control. But oftentimes that saying can be, be misunderstood to mean sit back passively and don't act. God will take care of everything, so I don't need to do anything. I can just let go and let God do his thing. Well, I think there's a better way to frame it. J.I. Packer says it like this, to trust God and get going. And so here's what J.I. Packer says. Souls that cultivate passivity do not thrive, but waste away. The Christian motto should not be let go and let God, but trust God and get going. So if, for instance, you are fighting a bad habit, work out before God a strategy for ensuring that you will not fall victim to it again. Ask Him to bless your plan and go out in His strength, ready to say no next time the temptation comes. Or if you're seeking to form a good habit, work out a strategy in the same way. Ask God's help and try your hardest, that we are to trust God and get going, to be people of action, dependent and empowered by the Holy Spirit. So maybe it's a situation at work where now it's time to act. Maybe it's a situation in relationships where where you're sensing that you need to be building deeper relationships with, with others other followers of Jesus, and now it's time to to, to reach out. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you as God leads to step out, and we can trust that God is in control. That's why we can step out in action, because God is good, and that He is working together all things for our good. And so that should give us confidence to not be paralyzed in our our day-to-day decision-making, but to free us to confidently step out in action. Maybe this morning, what God is leading you to respond to is to trust in Jesus as your Savior and King. Maybe for the first, uh, for the for, for the very first time, that you're realizing during this pandemic that life is so short, and life is so fragile, and you need something beyond or someone beyond yourself to make it through life. Maybe God is showing you that that. Um, Jesus truly is the king and that he died on the cross in order to take the punishment for your sins. You see, Esther uh, said, if I perish, I perish. But Jesus said that when I perish, I will rise again from the dead three days later. later. Esther risked her life. But Jesus gave up his life to take the punishment for our rebellion against God so that we can be brought in to the family of God through faith when we trust in Jesus as our Savior and our King to believe that He is qualified to take all of our wrong that we ever did against God and against others. So will you trust in Jesus to be 
the king in your life who you bow to. We trust him as your savior who took our place on the cross for our rebellion against God. And one of the ways that we remember this, this, this good news, is through taking communion. You see, Esther went before an abusive, evil king to save her people. But Jesus went before the sovereign, good father in order uh, to, to bring us back to him through his death and resurrection. And so we remember this by taking communion. So I'll encourage you to take the cup representing his blood and take the bread representing his body to eat and to drink and be renewed in God's grace. Another way that we respond to God and worship him is, is, is through giving. And so you can do that by going to harborduwana.org and tapping the give button. But let's go, go ahead now and respond to the good news of Jesus in taking communion. <laughs> 